There's only a couple ways left to get something done, and I think a trade is in the making. Matt's going to tell me why I'm wrong or why I'm right today on Locked On Chiefs. From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. Thanks for making us your first listen here on Locked On Chiefs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make another Locked On show your next listen so you can get perspective from somebody else besides me because I'm a little out on a limb today. Matt Derrick is here from ChiefsDigest.com, the man on the beat, the man inside the building that's going to tell me whether I'm nuts or not because I have a concept here, and we're going to explore that as well as what could be the next couple of moves, things that happen within the organization to get farther down the road towards a repeat. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of your reviews lately. We've been getting a ton of them. We very much appreciate that. And thank you for being with us today as we get started. So this is Matt Derek, ChiefsDigest.com, editor-at-large. I am Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, home of the Athletic Matrix, which you can get right now at RogueAPC.com and use that code LOCKED23 to get it. Uh, also, my draft guide is coming along. We're finishing up our film grades. We're putting all the final stats together, all the geometric projection metrics. We are just about ready. Within the next 10 days, you're going to have that draft guide ready. and Plenty of time to study up on what this class is going to be, and it's all at Rogue APC. So check that out. NFL 33 as well, where you can find my draft ramblings as well as the rest of my crew and RGR football. So with a long preamble there, Matt, this is where it stands to me. Uh, there's owners meetings going on. You can wear zero again. I'm sure we'll touch on that later. Odell Beckham comes in. Just say hi. Y'all Y'all remember me. Um, just all you decision makers. Don't want you to forget. I think Odell is, is down the line. I don't think that he's going to sign for what the Chiefs want. So I am back to the concept that because of the way that the draft is built and because of the way that I project where that class is going to go, that there's got to be a trade one way or the other if they want to upgrade the wide receiver position in particular. We talked about Brandon Ayuk with Chris yesterday. Uh, you haven't had a chance to comment on that. I don't know if it's that or it's something else, but it seems that it's cooling off on D-Hop. A, do you believe that there is a trade that will happen before the draft? And B, if so, who do you think that that is more likely to be? I mean, I think you're right. I mean, if you're talking about an impact player, at least somebody that the Chiefs fans would consider an impact player coming in the door before the draft, Trade's the way it's going to be. I mean, the players who are out there in free agency aren't necessarily what I'd call impact players. There are some role players. There's some guys I think who can give you, you know, some, some, some snaps. But honestly, I mean, a guy like Justin Watson, the Chiefs are familiar with, or, or might be one of the better, you know, candidates out there to come in here. Somebody who's familiar with the system, Byron Pringle. I mean, that's what we're talking about as free agents when you set aside like an Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of guys in their 30s that are hanging around that, I mean, maybe the Chiefs would be interested in. Um, but I just haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen them uh, announce that interest. And then you're also talking about getting to the part of free agency where if there's a guy that you'd have to, you know, you know, surrender some compensation pick for in the formula next year, maybe you're going to wait until May to sign that guy. Mm -hmm. So you're, I, I'm with you in that if you're talking about acquiring a, 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 a playmaker, somebody who's an impact player between now and the draft, Trade's going to be it. Ayuk is interesting. I mean, yeah, certainly checks all the boxes as far as a young receiver, first, you know, still far on the first contract. Uh, there's a lot to like, but, you know, I, I think the 49ers are going to want a price for that. I mean, that's going to be more than what we've seen for compensation for like a Brandon Cooks. That's an older guy who's making a lot of money. 
young guy, cheap for now, is going to be more expensive. This is a guy who was just a first-round pick three years ago. So I, I think it's doable, but the price might be more than the Chiefs are willing to pay right now. And then that's where it comes out. It's weighing that option of what I think is a three-man race atop the draft board for the wide receiver position that I don't think the Chiefs can actually prioritize because of the way the offensive tackle situation is, as well as the defensive ends. We're not even going to talk about the defensive ends. Well, we probably will coming up later in the show, folks. Uh, but that brings me back to, especially at that particular position, I, it just feels like the Chiefs have taken their chances uh, with the young guys in in sky uh they've got Kadarius who, who they see upside in but also very very young whereas Ayuk, i think is, is a guy that you could go out on that limb for because of the steadiness and the progression you've already seen from him maybe a little bit more known commodity and it's the fifth year option that really seals this for me is something that i feel that they should pursue maybe more heartily than they're prepared to right now yeah i mean i, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to it it would just simply be what is going to be the cost and on the front side, I mean, I don't think that the Chiefs are seriously entertaining any offers for their first-round pick this year. So you would probably be talking about a 24 first-round pick, I would guess, would be the 49ers starting asking price. And honestly, probably something on top of that, too. So that would be a significant investment for a player that, yeah, you could say you got a three-year of control with, with the remainder of the contract, fifth-year option, even a franchise tag year. And, I mean, I hey, the Chiefs have made trades like that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, Orlando Brown was a, was a second-round pick, essentially. But you included a first-round pick in order to get two years of Orlando Brown. So it's not an unheard-of idea to me. I just, I don't, I'm not completely convinced that what the 49ers would be willing to settle for is equal to what the Chiefs are willing to give up. Uh, I, I think that the Chiefs would want something of the, that would be more of a net of a second round pick. And I think the 49ers would want a, you know, full first round pick. I don't think they're going to, I don't, don't think they'd be willing to get settled with anything going back to the Chiefs in order to make it, you know, kind of net out to a, a second round pick. Yeah, I have to think so as well. So where does that leave them? What else can they get done down this road? What are the other options? We'll talk about that right after this, because right now you got to pay attention to what's going on if you want to get in on the action. And right now it's a good time to get in on the action. You got basketball all heated up. You know you can take your shots at that. Right now you get a sweet deal when you sign up with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now with our code uh, fanduel.com slash locked on because you can get a thousand dollars in bonus bets right now with a no sweat first bet you have to make a, a bet to begin with and you got to lose i know that's the hard part but if you do you can earn up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back on your account if it doesn't win so go to fantool.com slash locked on and sign up today for that no sweat first bet you can wager everything from money lines to points scored to rebounds to Whatever your heart desires to roll into a parlay, do whatever you like. It's safe, secure, and easy to use from the app, so don't miss it. It's it's right now $1,000 in bonus bets on a no-sweat first bet when you sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now, sorry, Matt, I had to zoom in there. I know nobody enjoys that when I do that, but that's okay. Uh, what I have to zoom in on next is that if you can't get anything done, what's the alternative? I think we we do expect a Chris Jones extension kind of hanging out there. I still feel that that gets done, but I can't work that into this scenario. So it comes back to me, is this a moment like we were at at this point in last offseason with the cornerback group that I'm all in a flutter, I feel you need to get something done, you need to be a little bit more set, 
Brett Veach at all does not care. Is this, uh, hey, we got our guys, and unless it's a screaming deal, we're staying put and we're going to this draft looking to secure some talent at this wide receiver position? Yeah, you know, it's a really good question because, and I think you bring up an excellent question about whether that this is maybe a good comparison to what the Chiefs had with the receiver, with the cornerbacks last year, because of course they ended up going to the draft and taking a bunch of corners. Um, the only argument I would make against that and that this is going to be a, a draft where you come out with three wide receivers and, you know, and two of them are impact players is that it is so hard, as we saw with Sky Moore last year, it is so hard for rookie receivers to make an impact in Andy Reid's offense unless you just say and tell them they're going to play one role and that's it. And they've got the talent and understanding to do it. I mean, you look back at all the years of Andy Reid with with rookie receivers, and yes, you know Deshaun Jackson was able to do it. Jeremy Macklin was able to do it. Those are first round talents. Even okay, Deshaun wasn't a first rounder, but you know he was a first round <laughs> talent. He was just yes. maybe a knucklehead that fell to the second round. Uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill was a first round talent, and he was a knucklehead too, which is why he was in the fifth round. But once again, you know, even even Tyreek with all of his skill set wasn't a thousand yard receiver in year one. I mean, that's just I think an illustrative of how. Hard it is to be a rookie receiver for Andy Reid. Now it's easier with Patrick Mahomes because Mahomes is going to be able to to build you up better, and that's what the Chiefs are betting on. Obviously, is that whatever they do in this receiver room, that Patrick Mahomes is going to make them better. But I went back to look, you know, a year ago at this time, the receivers that were on the roster at this time in March of twenty two. I mean, you were after the the Tyreek trade, you had just signed Juju Smith Schuster. And you know what? He wasn't the most recent addition to that that corner or a wide receiver room. The most rec- recent receiver that this year that Chiefs fans were excited about was Corey Coleman, <laughs> who didn't even make the team. No. Um, and that, that's who you were banking on last year. Were, were, were bets like that on a guy who hadn't played in three years? Uh, you know, I looked it up last year at this time with the players, the Chiefs, it was like 12 receivers the Chiefs had on contract at a year ago at this time. The previous season in 21, those 12 players combined for 105 catches, 1,284 yards, and six touchdowns. That's nothing. I mean, <laughs> that that's a, a that is a one number one receiver at best. Right. And you know, and and honestly, with the guys you got coming back with MVS, Sky, Kadarius, Tony, um, you include John Ross in that group too. I mean, you've got about comparable numbers. So even though the Chiefs have fewer receivers, they don't have 12 receivers on the roster right now. They're a little light on numbers, which I would say is something that they need to address. Mm-hmm. But I think, one, that are banking on the fact that Andy Reid and Mahomes can make these guys better, that if they do get a rookie, you know, and and, and I think, once again, I mean, if you're going to invest a, a draft pick in a rookie that you're going to count on year one, it's probably going to have to be a first-rounder. That's how you can do it. But, I, you know, I, I think it is tricky. I mean, the Chiefs are, I think – at this point, it would be a safe bet that they're going to have a less talented receiver room. That doesn't necessarily mean worse. It's just meaning you're. I think you're going to cross your fingers a little bit and hope that Mahomes and Reed can squeeze more out of these guys. I have to think so too, because while I don't think that this class is elite in the in the draft, I do feel that you can get value all the way down through it. I, I do feel there's there's sprinkles of guys here or there that can fit roles. 
I don't know if there's the the, the jack of all trades. There's the, the Tyreek that can play all three positions and be effective, but you have guys that can do certain things. Guys that played like the Justin Watson role last season. I think there are guys to be had out there. Maybe Justin's one of them, but all the way down to the seventh round that I've got some sweethearts that I think the Chiefs probably have identified as well that could come in and play that role. But the question just remains, I still come back to the fact that I feel like the front office felt that they were going to get Juju back and that it has been a slip up. This has been a shifting of gears. It's not as colossal as when the drama went down with Tyreek and they felt they had to go push for McCole Hardwood. Uh, Hardman and and make an earlier selection on him than I think they really wanted to, but I do feel there's some some impetus here that they've been reactionary to before. Am I overthinking all of this? I I don't think you are, but and and I I think that that Juju was one of those players that they w- absolutely wanted to keep, but I think that they obviously knew earlier than the rest of us whether or not that was going to be possible. I mean, once Juju went out looking for other offers, it was pretty clear that, you know, to the Chiefs that he wasn't coming back. And, you know, and Brett Feach had said one interesting thing to us when we got a chance to talk to him at the Combine. And that was, you know, this time of year in free agency, it's really important that, you know, you have a plan. But when plan A doesn't come to fruition, you move on to plan B immediately. And the fact that the Chiefs haven't jumped on anything and that they haven't just rushed out there and signed the nearest living receiver that they can find, it tells me that wasn't plan B, that plan B was was taking their time and seeing what's out there. And if plan B could, and I could see a scenario where your comparison to the cornerback room last year pans out the exact same way, that the Chiefs are sitting at 31 all of a sudden, a 19 comes along and a receiver that they like is still on the board. And at 21, they're ready to jump and make a move and try, you know, and get ahead of somebody and take the receiver that they like. And that wouldn't preclude them with 10 picks in this year's draft from then later on taking a flyer on a guy in the fourth round who has a ton of speed but is undersized. Uh, you know, I mean, this you can do things like that. So the fact that, hey, maybe they do take some flyers in the draft and see if they can't mine it for some some role players. And like I said, I mean, if you get a first-round guy in the you know top twenty-five of the draft, that's a guy that even in the Andy Reid offense, you should be able to bank on coming in and making some type of contribution more than what Sky was able to do last year, especially when you you know you consider he was a small school guy in the second round. I mean, that's to me was always going to be tough for him. Yeah, it, it there's always obstacles. It doesn't matter what, what you're trying to do. There's always obstacles. It's about adaptation. And I feel that there's another couple of areas that the Chiefs are still trying to adapt to. What happens if there are other positions of need with this class right now? We'll talk about that on the backside of this. So, Matt, it comes down to all of this, a lot of, of offensive weaponry, firepower type discussions. But I need to explore what I feel, even with the addition of Charles Menahue, is not a solidified pass rush core. And we've seen them bring back a couple of DTs here. And the more I've graded this this draft class, the more that I see that this is, I think, playing right into where Steve Spagnuolo and Joe Cullen want to be. There are a lot of guys that can fill both roles, tackle to edge, three to nine techniques that they feel they can get one or three of and just move them around until they find the way that it works the best. Is that also a thing that alleviates some of the pressure of trying to find a true number one attacking edge rusher? Or is that something that I'm you know, looking for the roses here in the garden and they really do 
feel like they're going to have to trade up not only for a possibility of an offensive tackle, but maybe a defensive end. Yeah, and, you know, we we talk about Brett Veach and, you know, plan A and then moving on to plan B immediately. But, you know, one thing that Brett Veach is also big on is that he wants to try and have a roster set that he doesn't have to go into the draft knowing he's got to come out with a position. Now, I would say he's probably there a little bit at receiver, that he knows he's going to need to come out with somebody there. But even the signing of a Juwan Taylor is, is a process of trying to make sure that he knows he goes into the draft not desperate to draft a tackle. He's got a left tackle if he needs it. He's got a right tackle if he needs it. You know, so he doesn't feel desperate there. At edge, Charles Aminahu takes a lot off that pressure of, mm -hmm. of needing to go out and now plug in a defensive end because now even with that contract with Aminahu, I mean, that takes your pressure off for a couple of years. You don't have to guarantee that you come out of the 23 draft with an elite pass rusher because you have a hole in your roster. You can come out with a player whom you can count on to develop a little bit. But I think the Chiefs, and, I, and I, I'm glad you kind of focused on it with, you know, what Steve Spagnuolo and Joe Cullen can do, because I see a Chiefs defense that's built on kind of a holistic approach of going after the passer in 23, because they didn't focus on just getting a guy that can, you know, rush from the line. They got Drew Tranquil at five sacks last year and is also a really nice situational linebacker rusher. Mm -hmm. You've got some other guys, Willie Gay, you know, can do that. You've got cornerbacks who can rush. Now you're getting some safeties who can do the same thing. And, and that was a key to the success of their pass rush last season is that they were able to bring pressure from every direction. I, this roster, as it's stacked up, even with some of their losses, should still be able to do that. And that's why, I, you know, to me, it's it's not a huge worry. I, I completely get it because I think this defensive line, especially the edge spot, is right now really built more around the rotation than it is around two core guys that are going to be your 80% snap guys and then you're sprinkling guys in. This might be more of a pass rush that's, you know, you've got some guys who are going to play 50, 60, 40% of snaps and rotate them in and out. And and I like that. There's something to be said for keeping guys fresh and keeping their legs underneath them, and that goes a long way. I want to go through a couple of 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 A B scenarios. So thumbs up, thumbs down. If they come out of this first two days of the draft, knowing that it's in Kansas City and everything else and all the drama around, if they only make two selections in the top 100 picks, is that a plus or a minus in your book? Uh, it would depend on what they come out with. I mean, if they if they come out with two picks in the top hundred and that's it, then I'm I'm assuming that they probably have moved around a little bit and moved up to upgrade that 31 pick. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then I think you're probably talking about having a pretty exciting playmaking receiver in that group. And I think I'm not sure Chiefs fans would care who the other pick is in the top hundred if they came out with a big name receiver. I mean. If, if Zay Flowers was coming to Kansas City, I'm not sure Chiefs fans would care who the other pick was in the, in the on, on Friday night. Um, that to me, I mean, I, I think it's it's who it is. Now it'd probably be less sexy if the you know the Chiefs take a right tackle at 31, and then later on, you know, take a you know a a, a maybe project receiver <laughs> that might make people less excited. Um, I think it would depend, but and that's the other thing is that I mean I'm. I'm pretty convinced that other than than the first round, I mean, I think the Chiefs are going to make a, a pick in the first round, but I think Brett Veach is going to be pretty active in trades, and that doesn't just mean moving picks around. It could mean moving players or picking up players. That could be as well. I think that's that's the key. Okay, so 
you're going thumbs up on two selections of the top 100, meaning that they got value. There should be excitement there. I'm going thumbs up there too. Then the question becomes, what about the thickness of the draft? How can you make the most advantage of it? And for me, it's about squeezing into the middle rounds from, from three to five. That's that's my goal. That's where the peak is. That's where you can get as many players. So I'm looking for six picks in there. They don't have quite that many right now. So again, moving around it may require moving something back. It may require moving something up, maybe a combination of that. But given how many holes or possible spots there are on this 53-man roster, if they take six players between rounds three and six, are you good with that? Or is that a miscalculation that they've had to make something up? No, I don't think that would be I don't think that would be a bad thing at all. I mean, I, I I think I would give that a thumbs up, but I think my standards even even a little lower. I mean, I'm I'm with you. I mean, Brett Veach's meat of his drafts is definitely the early part of day three. They have made a lot of money on, on the early part of day three. Um, and that's that's been successful for them. So I'm I, I would like to have a lot of picks in there in the you know, four rounds four, five, and six. If you got six picks there, it'd be great. Um, but I also feel pretty good about this team if if they use one of those picks to to move up in either the first, second, or third rounds, and now that means you've got less currency in four, five, and six. I think you still bank on the idea that that they've got enough success that it's not just a matter of throwing darts at it. That their success rate's high in those rounds. That it's not just if you draft six players, you're going to come away with three good ones. I feel pretty comfortable if they've got four picks, they still might come away with three or four good players. That's that's fair. I cannot argue with that. We're going to have to see what happens. News is going to churn up here in the next week or two, folks. So make sure you're learning about the, the draft class. You can do that at RogueAPC.com. You can do it at NFL33.com. Get a better idea of where everything is with the Chiefs roster currently. You can do that at ChiefsDigest.com with Matt. So don't miss any of those spots because we're going to continue to churn through this. Whatever updates we can get, whatever little trinkets we can get from owners' meetings or anything else, we will derive for them uh, what they mean for you and for this team, and we'll deliver them, both Chris and I and Matt, every week. Thank you for your time, Matt. Appreciate you clarifying some things for me. Always a pleasure. Always great hanging out with you, Ryan. (laughs) You all have a great one. We'll be back tomorrow and see what happens next and where the Chiefs can actually upgrade that we're not talking about yet. Have a good one. We'll talk to you then.